Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 101 of Double Hoppy, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and craft beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. Today, we are joined by Christian from Michicot Brewing. And we really enjoy your backstory, Christian. I wanted to have you on because you're kind of a home brewing slash history. So like all of our passions. So welcome to the show. Thanks. I really appreciate it, guys. We're going to jump right into it. How about you tell everyone how you got into homebrewing? What's your backstory? Sure. So I, I think I have a little bit of an unconventional background to homebrewing. I, for some reason growing up, I always was interested in homebrewing, although I never really had kind of that mentor or any friends or family members who were into homebrewing. I always thought the process was cool. You know, I think also when it comes down to it, it's really just a great intersection of a lot of my interests. So I have a background in science in college. I studied sustainable biomaterials where I focus a lot in chemistry. So I think, you know, both of those play into brewing pretty well. I, uh, I like to think that beer is somewhat of a sustainable biomaterial in a sense. I'm still in my early career. I just graduated from college in 2020, but my first job out of college was working at a contractor building water infrastructure in Washington, D.C. So I think that exposed me to a lot of you know, the mechanical systems that actually are pretty similar uh, and used in, in brewing processes. So when I was working there, I, I always like to joke with the guys that brewing beer is sort of like water treatment in a sense. Um, <laughs> it so is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's basically reverse. So, you know, you're, you're, you're basically adding things to water instead of making it, you know, super clean. But yeah, now, you know, I've also, you know, growing up, I was, I was super into cooking and messing around the kitchen, you know, messing around with different recipes. But I think most importantly, more than anything, one of the reasons I got into homebrewing was at a very young age, I was, you know, I was exposed to my family history of brewing. So Mishkot Brewing is not really unique to me. You know, it runs in the family. So my great, great grandfather opened a brewery in Mishkot, Wisconsin. And it, it was so long ago, there was actually pre-prohibition era. And that's actually what shut the brewery down was prohibition. And, you know, at the time they were doing between five and 6,000 barrels a year. And I think you know, they're distributing down to Milwaukee and Chicago. So they tried making, I think, soda afterwards. But and then once Prohibition ended, they actually tried, you know, reopening the brewery as an actual brewery with beer. But funds weren't there and whatnot. But that was on my mom's side of the family. And then my dad's side of the family, they were from St. Louis, Missouri, where they had an ice house called Polar Wave Ice and Distilling Company, where they sold ice to uh, Anheuser-Busch, you know, way, way back in the day. So back when Anheuser-Busch was just starting out. So that's, that's I guess I have beer on both sides. Of my <laughs> but what really, you know, got me into home brewing was, you know, during COVID, I was, you know, really looking for a hobby. And I, like I said, I always wanted to get into homebrewing and I didn't, I, I, I thought it was a perfect opportunity. So I, I kind of, kind of leap head first into the, um, the brewing world. It's a little, like I said, it's a little bit unconventional. Like I started with a spike 20 gallon system. So I kind of jumped, <laughs> jumped right into the, you know, the deep end there. But, you know, I think a lot of homebrewers start off, you know, not, not that grand scale and that's perfectly okay. But, but yeah, for me, it was just something I you know thought was a, a good idea. So that's sort of my, my uh, story of getting into homebrewing. Now, did yeah. you ever brew a beer with your dad or did it kind of skip a generation where his like father, three generations. yeah, like three generations, like where did the yeah. break, did it skip after that and they just didn't want to get into it or it's always just been something where they enjoy, but because of the past, they're kind of like, yeah, we're not going to get into brewing. Yeah. It's actually funny you mentioned that. So, you know, before I got my spike, I, I forgot to mention, I, I did dabble a little bit in my apartment in college, but you know, they really didn't turn, the batches didn't turn out very well whatsoever. I think they, they turned pretty sour. I don't think I was very thorough in my sanitation <laughs> class. But yeah, my, um, I did grow up in my house uh, with my, my folks uh, and they were always a huge fan of craft beer. My 
my dad for 13 years ran a local restaurant here in Alexandria, Virginia, where he actually brought a lot of the early craft beer into our city, which was pretty cool. You know, he met the founder of Sam Adams and in Sierra Nevada and things like that and brought those very early craft beers into our into our city in like the late 80s, early 90s type thing. So, you know, I always grew up with craft beer around, but nobody ever really wanted to brew. I think it was just, you know, they didn't really know how or or the, uh, the things involved with it. So I think that's that's sort of the reason. But I uh, I always knew I wanted to to brew. And, and you know, I, I think I, I just, like I said, I dove headfirst into it without really any you know, hesitation. Yeah, I think what makes your story really unique, Christian, too, is I think you're kind of the spotlight of this new age of brewing where kids are coming out of college or they're familiar with it in college. And instead of working their way up to a certain system or kind of MacGyvering, you know, different kettles and different equipment, you kind of know what you want from the start. And you're kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it from the beginning rather than the old approach of start small, get the cheapest possible equipment, learn the fundamentals, then you know, eventually you're like, oh, what am I going to do with all these equipment? You kind of knew you had the goal of, okay, I'm familiar with homebrewing. I want to learn about it, but I want to learn on, you know, the best equipment at the time to give you a step up. Just you know, go big or go, go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that before the call, I was thinking about this and I actually thought the exact same thing where I kind of knew where I wanted to end up in the homebrewing before I even started. I kind of wanted to skip the steps of the beginning of, of things. And I, I, I didn't really, you know, as I say, buy once, cry once type type thing. So mm-hmm. I knew that I was, I was eventually going to come to this point where I would probably have a very similar setup to this. So, you know, rather than going through and MacGyvering my, my system, I was like, okay, well, I might as well just save up a little bit and invest in something that I'm just going to really love. So I, I did, like I said, I took a leap, but it was worth it, I think. It was in your blood, so you just knew it was going to work out. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could vein. feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure if Ben's listening to this, too, he'd, he'd love, like, how you really, the, having the equipment be made in the USA, in, you know, the area that you're from, like, it really meant something to you to really help another business within the homebrewing, you know, scope of equipment to really, like, I've never seen someone have so much dedication and like make it a point of, you know what, I want something that's made, you know, in the USA from the area that, you know, I love to support local business. Exactly. Yeah. That was a big part of my decision to go with Spike as well, because Michigan is in Wisconsin. And so, was, you know, that's where Spike's from. And I know they do a lot of, I think it's like 99.9% of their equipment's manufactured mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, which is awesome. You know, I'm a huge proponent of made in America. So so that was really that was really a big uh, proponent of me going with Spike too. And now that's I know you haven't been homebrewing for that long, so that's the system you're currently using right now, correct? Yep. Yeah. So I, I have the I have the Spike twenty gallon. I have the OG flat bottom. This is the OG flat bottom Spike trio system. It's the two forty volt double batch. It's not anywhere near pro brewing. Obviously, you know I know that's a leap, but I I, I really when I was going going through and procuring some of my equipment, I I wanted that multi-vessel, you know, feel where I was transferring from kettle to kettle and, you know, each kettle had a purpose. So that was kind of the thought process behind that. And so your first beer that you made, how did that outside of the college years or the trial years, as I'm going to call <laughs> the it, trial years. what was like the first beer that you made that you took a sip out of and you're like, wow, like, all right, this isn't just a hobby where I'm just producing, you know, a liquid that goes down the drain. I'm actually producing something that I can actually drink and enjoy with other people. Right. Yeah. So, so my first batch, I will say did not, it turned out okay. It wasn't, 
you know, a throwaway batch. It was my first batch was an IPA. I tried to do a, a Bell's Two-Hearted clone. Those kind of IPAs are, I would, I would think, some of my favorite styles. But it was not nearly kind of what I wanted it to. And I think, you know, people say the first pancake's never the greatest. So um, <laughs> then my next recipe, I really, the next recipe I brewed was a Kolsch. And I really, really took a ton of time and effort to research recipes and research grain bills and, you know, temperatures to, for, you know, your strike water. You know, I really studied the operating system of the, the Spike Trio and I really dialed in my process and that beer turned out really fantastic. And it was kind of a hit around around here. So that was the first beer I think I took a sip on. I was like, wow, this is this is worth taking seriously. So, you know, since then I've brewed a few, uh, a few more beers and it's been, it's been a ton of fun. So, but it's definitely, um, people say like, oh my gosh, you know, is this a hobby or, you know, do you do anything else besides this? Like, not, <laughs> yeah. not really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. When they realize how much time's actually spent cleaning and doing everything else other than like, you don't just make the beer and it's ready that same day. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the people biggest mind blower for, for right. people who don't know home brewing. It's not magic. Yeah. We all wish it was. <laughs> I'm sure someday there'll be some powder that you just add to your beer, your wort, and it's ready to, to drink the same day. Right. <laughs> Instant fermentation. Instant fer- fermentation. And carbonation. Some crazy super <laughs> yeast wild. that can just like fully develop within 24 hours. That yeah. would be. I, I think someday there probably will be that. It's, it's going to be. It's it's going to come. So what is, since that Kolsch, is, is that one of the beers you consider your favorite? Or is there something else you've brewed since then that would kind of take the, the top? So I would say that the Kolsch was really good, but I don't think it takes the top. I have brewed a Martzen and a few other IPAs. I've dabbled in a few hazy IPAs, which have turned out pretty well. But I think my Martzen is probably my favorite beer that I've brewed so far. I've heard from multiple people that it was just you know, really great. And I personally think it was like super true to style. And you know, I think that might be my favorite. But I also just brewed an IPA, like a West Coast IPA, which rivals that a little bit. I haven't really uh, decided which one's my favorite. Uh, either the Martzen or the IPA that I just brewed. I'm actually having one right now. Yeah, you're speaking my language because those are two styles that I'm really into right now. I mean, I've always been into the West Coast IPAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I've made one or two so far because I just, you can't find, like, you can find them, but they're kind of rare. And when you do find them, it's like a treasure because you just want to enjoy it. And they're not around as frequent as the hazies, but the Marzins are really a great style to brew for so many different reasons and you don't need to be a pro to make make one but you also don't need to be a beginner it's kind of one of those beers that could be your first beer to make or it could be a beer that you've been fine-tuning for years and years and years and you can still get a pretty good beer with that style with the malts that are used yeah it was super crisp and light and kind of exactly what i was what i was hoping for so you know i, I couldn't complain i it was you know I, I still think it's one of my favorites so but yeah and then you know with the ipas the west coast ipas I think they're a little bit underrated nowadays. You know, everyone says how many, how many you know IPAs are on the market, but it's it's kind of hard to brew like a really good West Coast IPA that's crisp, dry, you know, has a great great hop profile. And I think you know a lot of people think that breweries brew them too much, but I really enjoy them. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great things about home brewing is you can brew styles that you personally love to drink. And I think that was my problem when I was first brewing, got into brewing, was I was trying to brew styles that I knew other people would like versus, you know, styles that I would personally want to drink. So even when I get a good beer, I wouldn't want to drink it because I'm like, yeah, I don't like that style. Like I I just can't drink them. And then it's like, why am I brewing something that I can't also enjoy? 
Right. But it was also early on in my brewing, yeah. you know, hobby. So I didn't real I wasn't as good at it as I was now. Where humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> But I mean, it it's it's one of those things where you don't know how how to brew something until you brew it, and you get a good recipe, mm -hmm. or you find a recipe kit, and you get the good ingredients, and then you start working your way through it, and say, you know what, I really like the malt character that's brought out by you know this malt or that malt, and I like these hop combinations, and you start playing with it, and that's how you really fine tune your beer. And now I think yeah. you make beer solely for yourself. Yep, I a full <laughs> full three sixty circle. Same here. <laughs> I, I haven't heard any complaints yet because it seems like a lot of people like those styles now too. I'm really into the Belgian beers right now, and I think it might be a seasonal thing, but they're really hard to make because they take so long, to, especially the Belgian quads, because they have to you know really let them fine-tune themselves with time. But those easy drinkers are always quick turnarounds, which I love a quick turnaround beer. Yeah, man, I love Belgians, and especially this time of year too. They're absolutely incredible i haven't brewed one yet but i you know it's on my docket i i have a list of beers that i really want to brew soon and you know since since starting home brewing i've been brewing a lot of different different styles and i'm kind of just going through the different styles seeing what i'm good at seeing what my strengths are and you know belgian quads you know just regular belgian beers in general i i really would like to to dabble in they seem to do well on the market too so that's that's another good reason kind of circling back to your mars insight well i feel like when you mentioned that it's not when we talk to people style that we hear most often like usually it's like the ipa or the lager and so if people are interested i heard that there was a recipe newsletter is that right on spike's website yes that's correct you want to talk a little so bit about that that kind of blew me away a little bit when they reached out to me i started this instagram account where i more or less i started for myself just so i could document my brewing journey and so i could look back on it in how many years and just say oh you know that's cool that i you know did that and you know, hopefully I'm still doing it then, but mm -hmm. that's really why I started it. And I quickly gained this crazy following on Instagram and I kept making videos and they kept gaining, getting followers. And I think at a certain point, Spike, you know, started to notice that. And, you know, I was um, getting ready to head out on a camping trip actually. And I looked down at my phone and I have a notification from Spike and they said, Hey, Mishkot Brewing, would you be open to submitting a you know a recipe blog and I, I had seen these recipe blogs online before i had, had been reading up on them and thought they were super cool and so the fact that they were reaching out to me unsolicited you know mm -hmm. completely unsolicited i was blown away and you know extremely you know caught off guard by it but it was you know it was awesome and the people at spike who i worked with to make it were incredible and it was a ton of fun making it. That was one of the reasons I actually brewed the Martin in, in the first place was because they had said, you know, here are a couple of recipes that we're looking for. And I, you know, Martin's one of my favorite beers. So that, that's, that's kind of why I, I did that. But yeah, it was really awesome sharing my story with them. And I'm actually working on a couple other things with Spike coming oh. up. So, um, Ooh, you know, be on the teaser. for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, can't, I don't know if I should say what it is or not. So. No, you, you don't have to. You don't, don't have, have to. to. <laughs> we'll keep, keep suspense and people can go. Yeah find out what it Check is. Check it out. Isn't it always yeah, funny no. how like things like that happen right as you're about to go away or go somewhere where it's hard to get in touch? Like, I, know. <laughs> yeah. I was with my girlfriend at the time and I was like, what's going on? Do you see this too? Like, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was so flabbergasted. I didn't think of myself as like, you know, yeah, sure. I have a brewing account. And yeah, yeah. I have a spike tree and everything, but I don't, I don't, you know, think of myself as like this crazy brewer or anything like that. I just, you know, thought it was a really awesome opportunity. So yeah, that, that's really awesome. 
It's really funny. Like we've been trying to get Ben to come on the show, but I think we have one too many SS Brewtech uh, gear in our in our home brewery to uh, get him to come on. So, well, we'll see. This whole one of these days, some, some chipping day. away at him. We're chipping yeah. away at you, Ben. If you're listening, Mike <laughs> is awesome, though. I, you know, I've, I've dealt with them a lot. Um, you know, just with questions and things like that, and they. It's, it's unbelievable their customer service. I never dealt with a company that is good with customer service and you know reacting with their customers as as Spike. So, you know, big shout out to them. They're awesome. And I think one of the other things circling back to kind of your backstory, and especially for being someone so young into the homebrewing grand scheme of things, when you talk about homebrewers in general, everyone just assumes, you know, you've been homebrewing for 50 years and, you know, you've got a long beard and... You know, you've been brewing out in the shed out for years. <laughs> James, you always say the homebrewers have long beards. Like every that's, time. that's the stigma of homebrewers. And, you know, it's starting to break. It's starting to break where, you know, we're finding more and more female homebrewers. We're finding brewers of, you know, all nationalities and all across the globe where before it was just you'd have to be, you know, a 40 or 50 year old man in a garage with a beard. It's, it's out there. Everybody I talk to, that's all they yeah. say. That description's either a serial killer or a home brewer. <laughs> I mean, you know, those, those boiling temperatures are pretty hot. So yeah. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Keep so like, on. what's your friends think about your home brewing? Like, were they like, dude, you're crazy. Like you just, you're in, getting out of college. Like, why are you making a lab in your basement or your brewing area like what's their mindset of your brewing they think it's awesome they're super supportive of it and i think part of the reason they're so supportive of it was free beer was because they get free beer right exactly they get to try my stuff i think that's that's part of it but you know going back to what you said before you know being so young and getting into home brewing i don't know i this just innate feeling ever since i was i was just you know a little kid that i wanted to brew beer and i, I don't know where that came from maybe it's you know in my in my lineage somewhere but yeah i don't know where it came from but it just it just sort of came to me i'm not entirely sure why and yeah like you said you, you think that you were brewing for 40 or 50 years but definitely not the case you know it's I, uh, I got my equipment a couple of years ago and I've been brewing for about a year now, but you know, I, I'm definitely still very inexperienced to some of the super experienced folks that are out there and I still have a lot to learn. I think that's part of the fun of, of home brewing is just, you know, learning everything and you know spending the time and dedication to, to learn more about it. So is that also the motivation behind you enrolling in the professional brewer certificate? I think so. Yeah. So while I was procuring my brewing equipment, I didn't really have my space set up yet. So luckily enough, I have a uh, garage space to brew my beer in. But before it was a brewery, it was a garage full of garage things, you know. And so I, I uh, spent a lot of work on kind of retrofitting the garage and getting it set up so that it could be a brewery. And that took a long time. At the time, I actually enrolled in, in the brewers program. I had already procured a lot of my equipment and it was kind of just sitting in the living room and I, I you know, I was still retrofitting the garage and things. So I was trolling Facebook one day and I saw a, an advertisement for this professional brewer certificate. And I thought, what a better way to learn about brewing beer while I'm retrofitting my brewing space than to take this professional brewers course. And so kind of on a whim, I thought, you know, this is cool. So I applied. And so that was an absolutely Great experience. If anybody's wondering, it's it's run through the University of Richmond and Virginia Tech, and they have three cohorts. So there's one in Northern Virginia, and then there's one in Richmond, and then there's one in Roanoke, Virginia. 
And it's a 31-week program. We met on Monday nights from, I think, 6 to 9 p.m. So it's definitely a dedication if you're planning on, on mm-hmm. doing this. But it was absolutely great, a great thing learned. It's At least this program is really, it really revolves around brewing and opening a brewery in the state of Virginia. So um, they really get into a lot of the aspects of brewing, not necessarily just brewing in general. So, you know, they tell you, they teach you how to, you know, clean in place and they go very in depth in different malt profiles and how to make malt and the malting process and distribution, the legal processes behind things. And we had a ton of great interviews with big brewers. We talked to one from Abita and he actually opened up a local brewery here in the area. So it was an absolutely great experience. It was largely orchestrated by a gentleman, Dan Jablo. I was, I was actually listening to a podcast years recently where he was featured in the Zymergy uh, magazine. Yeah, so he he uh, does a lot of teaching folks how to do small one-gallon batches at home. Towards the end of the, the class, he was kind of running the program, and he was an awesome guy to to interact with. And if you ever get, ever get a chance, you should you know have him on the show. He's he's really cool. But yeah, absolutely amazing experience. Toward, sort of by the end of the the class, I was gearing up and getting ready for my brewery to be up and operational. So I kind of had that under my belt. It was great. I will say that, you know, while you learn a lot behind the scenes in that class, if, you're, if you want to take a class like that, and you really want to learn how to brew. I would recommend just brewing yourself first, getting the hands-on experience, you know, making mistakes on your own. Books are great and they teach you a ton of things, but nothing's like messing up by yourself. So <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly. And so is this mostly like you were saying, like mostly textbook based with inner like kind of instructions or was this you know you would go in and you would brew a beer and then you'd have a class on the different things that went into that beer or was it more just of the fundamentals like you were saying and getting you ready to open and basically those fundamental knowledge that you would need to actually brew yeah i would say it's more on the fundamental sides of opening a brewery in general they taught us a lot about how to brew a beer, right? Mm-hmm. And different recipes and what different sugars will do to beer, things like that. It really went into, you know, there's a lot of tastings and things like that. But we never really did a brew day, like per se, at a, at a big at a big brewery. But typically classes were held at breweries. And so we got a lot of hands-on experience, you know, walking through the cellar and getting examples of different fermentation setups and things like that. So I feel like James should have done that instead of going to college. Yeah, right. Well, then it would have turned into um, it was a very hands on program where, you know, you're sitting at the bar holding, you know, craft beers and, right. yeah. and a lot of hands on learning um, going on. And I could just picture like a scene of the office where they're just like spilling the beer at the bar. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of my friends were you know, like, oh, you're going to beer class tonight. You know, you're going to drink beer. And I'm like, no, actually, we're going to learn a lot about you know the legal processes of opening a brewery, the fun stuff. Right. So, yeah, you're like yeah. talking about diacetyl and they're like, right. they're like, oh, never mind. Not interested. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that does sound like a very beneficial course if anybody is in the state of Virginia looking to open a yep, brewery because I was talking to Pratt Brewing a couple episodes ago, like that was their biggest thing when they were trying to open is the legal process of how to get everything done, what their state required and all that. So I think that's a great benefit to have from that class is just the the base knowledge of what do I need to yeah. do if I want to take this further. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And so lastly, we want to touch on with you, because again, you have such a great legacy story and being, again, being such a young home brewer, you know, in the grand scheme of things yourself, what do you hope to leave behind 
from your home brewery looking, you know, into the future, what would you want to leave behind? I think for me, you know, what I want to leave behind in home brewing is to show people that it's just an extremely fun and approachable hobby. And it's really worth taking the time and effort to make something super amazing. And although, you know, my setup might be different than you starting out on a, on a very small homebrew scale, the processes are still very much the same. And I hope that my Instagram or anything like this, anything I have to say about my homebrewing is that, you know, I think craft beer, at least in my experience, brings people together more than, you know, splits them apart. And so that's really what I want to leave behind in homebrewing. And also, you know, just documented methods and recipes of homebrewing in general. So that's, that's really what I hope to leave behind. I think that's a perfect way to end this episode. And um, uh, f- for those listeners um, out there, um, do you want to just say where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram, Mishikot Brewing, M-I-S-H-I-C-O-T-T Brewing. And uh, yeah, check me out. And uh, if you brew the if you brew the Martin recipe that I have with Spike, then, uh, you know, tag me in that and I'd love to check it out. And I have a couple other things working with Spike right now. So, you know, be in the lookout for that stuff. Okay. Awesome. We want to just thank you so much for coming on this week's episode. And we really appreciate hearing your story and how you are just going to be the best at beer because you were born into it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. I definitely was similar to the Spike situation, caught off guard by you guys asking me to come on the podcast. It's the first time I've ever been asked to do something like this. So I really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much. I wanted to remind everyone that we have merch out there. Go to the link tree on our Instagram to access the site. And there you can find podcast merch as well as our Brew Another Day initiative products. So the proceeds from those shirts and mugs are going towards the American Cancer Society. And supporting cancer research and helping find a cure is just a cause that's really close to our heart. So just wanted to find everyone those are out there. So feel free to go to that link tree and check it out. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Double Hop Beat. If you are a home brewer like Christian and want to come on our show and share your story, send us a direct message on Instagram at Double Hop Beat Podcast. And remember to follow, rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms as that really helps us find new listeners just like you. Thank you. We appreciate it. This has been Double Hot Beat. Catch you on the brew side. And we have merch. Merch, merch, merch.